0: Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Lauren Hardy, and she's a real estate investor with a people-first approach to business, and she's invested in hundreds of properties in her career. Lauren has also has the unique reputation of being a successful virtual investor, having not lived in many of the states she's invested in. She's been able to persevere in extremely competitive markets by constantly following the market changes and being flexible and willing to move market territories when needed. She currently lives in Southern California with her two daughters, but invests in properties all over the country. So welcome to the show, Lauren. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good, Eileen, How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today on um, today's episode.
1: Oh, well, it's a pleasure.
0: (laughs) So Lauren, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background and if you can share how you got started in real estate, that'd be wonderful.
1: Yeah. So, well, I have been in real estate, gosh, I mean, ever since college, my first job was in corporate real estate and it was an internship in college. I always knew um, I wanted to be in real estate. Uh, My dad had some rental properties. He had a rental portfolio. So I was very much inspired by my dad to get right into real estate. But I didn't really know, you know, what I was going to do. I mean, the cool thing about real estate is that there's just so much opportunity. You can do so many different strategies. You know, you can work in corporate real estate. You can work in commercial real estate, you can work in property management. I mean, there's so much. So I knew I wanted to be in real estate, but I didn't really know what that was going to look like. And I sure as heck could tell you, like, I would have no idea that I would end up where I am today, given my start. So do you want me to go into how I got started? Yeah, that
0: would be wonderful. Thank you.
1: I guess first I should introduce myself, you know, a little bit about me right now. So I um, primarily am volume wholesaling and I do it virtually. So I do it out of state. I don't do it in my own hometown. And the reason is, is that in my hometown, it's very difficult. I live in Orange County, California. It's a very high price market. It is arguably one of the hardest markets to wholesale houses in. It's highly saturated with competition I'm also competing with just people that want to live here. So houses don't really go at a discount and there are no motivated sellers. In California. <laughs> yes. Sellers are very aware of their property values and they just don't have, you know, any motivation really here. You
0: got motivated buyers. <laughs>
1: We've got lots of motivated buyers. So I am unique in that I invest out of state in markets where the margins are just better and it makes more sense to invest. Um, so my big message is go virtual when you need to. I'm all about living anywhere, but investing where you want. So what I do now, um, I'm primarily wholesaling and it's more at volume. We do probably 55 plus deals a year and for the last about three years. We're really trying to get up to a hundred this year. So, but I, you know, the year's not done, so I don't want to <laughs> jinx myself. So I hadn't always done this though. I started out... I worked in corporate real estate and I had my first child. She's now 10 years old. And I realized very quickly that working a corporate job is just very difficult when you're a mom. I thought I was going to be like, just ride that corporate ladder. And then I had a kid and anything that I thought just went out the window because when you have a child, you just, you want to be with your child. You don't want to only see your kid one day a week or or one hour out of a week night. I mean, I was working eight to five. I had an hour commute there and back. It just was not conducive to being a parent. So I went on the search to do anything that I could that was work from home. I didn't care what it was going to be. I just wanted to work from home. I didn't care if it was in real estate. I just wanted to work from home so I could be home with my kid. There was also an added pressure that I just found out I was pregnant with my second child. So not only do I have to think about, you know, daycare fees going up, you know, our expenses as a household going up, but also that I now I have two kids that I feel like I'm neglecting and I just couldn't take it. I was like, I can't live this way. I miss my daughter all day. I would sit and just like stare at her photo while I was at work. So I um, put my feelers out. I started talking to people and just telling people what I want to do, what I'm looking to do, which was anything to work from home. Um, And I figured it, I'd have to be an entrepreneur of some kind. And my brother had just so happened he started flipping houses about a year or two before and he was starting to gain some traction and we were just at a barbecue and he said, you know, why don't you just do what I do? And I said, what do you even do? Actually? Like, <laughs> I never paid attention to what my brother did. I knew he flipped houses, but like, I wasn't really that into it. I was never one of those people that watched those HGTV shows. I did not care. I was going to be in commercial real estate. Like I thought I was going to be like a successful commercial real estate broker, I did not realize at all that I would end up in residential. So Dustin explained to me, he's my brother, you know, he said, you know, this is how it works. And, you know, he asked, how much money do you really have to make to be able to quit your job? Like, what do you need to pull in every year? And I did the math when it was like added up the two kids,
0: the daycare Um, costs
1: added up their daycare costs and then added in the fact that I need health insurance. And how am I going to get that? And my ex-husband who was my husband at the time. Now ex, okay, I'll get insurance from him and he'll be, you know, we'll keep his job. I'll be the one that kind of does the more entrepreneurial thing. So I can stay home for the kids. I kind of put all the numbers together of what that would look like. And it really only came down to like $36,000 that I needed to bring in every, every year. Does it sound I mean, doesn't that sound so small, you know, like, I think my salary at the time, I mean, I'm so real. Like the salary at the time was $55,000. Like that was the most I ever got paid in corporate America at that time. So I, $36,000, that's not that much money, really, if you think about it. So my brother said, gosh, that's like one house. I mean, you could just flip one house and make that. Like if you just flip one house a year, like you can make that, you can stay at home with your kids. I said, all right, sign me up. So that was it. I was like, that was my plan. Um, From there, I took some education. My brother actually had some courses and back then you guys, the courses used to come in like little CDs. They would come in a binder (laughs) and there were CDs like that you could pop in your CD player. And maybe there would be like a corresponding like PDF kind of pamphlet, like, you know, in that binder, you know, it was so old school, whereas now it's like these Kajabi platforms, you know, the online platforms like that. They they didn't exist back then. So I listened to education for one week. I am the opposite of someone who has analysis paralysis. Okay. I am the, I don't analyze anything and I just go full speed. And I probably mess up a lot and make a lot of mistakes, but I just, I am a go, I have one speed and it's full speed. And so I listened to the education course. It took me a week to get through. I was listening to it on my commutes there and back. I would work the full day at work, but on my lunch break, I'd be Googling anything that I could find on real estate investing, anything. I mean, I, I just took a week and just all I literally did was just consume anything that I could on real estate investing by the end of that week, I finished that course. I said, okay, what's next? I need to go. Like I'm ready. So I started out with a direct mail campaign. Cause that's what that educator taught was he did direct mail. And I did exactly what he said to do. I even copied his letter word for word, even the same font. And I sent letters out. I mean, I did not wait. I was like, let's just do this. I had no money by the way. and no marketing budget. I used a credit card. So I called, I remember on my lunch break, I called Capital One and I said, Hey, I just need a, I need a bigger balance. Like, how do I do that? Do I, do I get another credit card? They extended me to like $11,000. So I go, there's my marketing budget. <laughs> and I, um, so I, I started a direct mail campaign. Now, back then direct mail was not nearly as saturated. This is just to give you guys a reference. This is about 2012. So there's still a ton of distressed inventory from the recession. I only had to spend maybe a thousand dollars in mailers, maybe two thousand dollars to get my first deal. That is not, you know, it's very different times now, but I didn't have to mail very much to get my first deal. But it still took me four months of mailing. So I was mailing very slowly, maybe like a few hundred at a time, and then talking to the sellers, making offers, following up. I did not know what I was doing. I was, So nervous talking to these sellers. I was like, when I had to make an offer, I mean, I just wanted to like throw up like before every call. I would like pace back and forth and practice what I was going to say. And (laughs) it was tough. And I would do this on my lunch break at work, you know. So I would make the offers that, you know, talk to sellers during my lunch. And then I would do any comping or analyzing or any kind of thinking time when my kid would go to sleep at night. And then I would use the car commute to either follow up with sellers or listen to podcasts. So if you guys are getting started, and the reason I'm really hanging on is to this is I know a lot of people listening to this are new, but if you want to get started in something, my best advice is to fully submerge yourself. Put all your, like any kind of media, any kind of media that you consume needs to be about real estate investing. So, you know, put like, put a podcast on every time you're in the car or every time you're waiting in line at the bank follow on Instagram, only the influencers. Like, so just your feed is just constant real estate investing. So I did that and I just became obsessed with it. And I spent every waking hour working towards the goal. I had a mission. I knew what I had to do. It was send mailers out, follow up with sellers, talk to sellers, make offers. And I just did that nonstop. I got my first deal finally in four months. It took me four months to put my first house under contract. So that was a long, grueling four months. And my credit card, uh, let me tell you, my credit card bill (laughs) started to look real scary. And, but I did, I got that house under contract and my brother and I flipped it together. We bought it at a really good time. The property value started increasing by this time. And we ended up making like a $65,000 profit on that flip for our first deal. My goal was I wanted one year salary saved up before I would quit my full-time job. So I still had some work to do. My salary was 55000 So I had to split that deal with my brother. So I only had about thirty grand, and I had to pay back my marketing budget. So I ended up getting a second deal that year. It had almost the exact same numbers. It was literally like the same deal. I got another one. And that same deal, it made about $60,000 was crazy. Like it was the same house practically. Um, So by the end of that flip and by the time my daughter was born, I'd had my one year salary saved up and I didn't, I just took a maternity leave and then I didn't go back. So that is the long story of my start. Fast forward almost 10 years, you know, here I am today, I'm a volume wholesaler, and I've probably done everything in the single family investing space at this point. But it was crazy. It was a crazy start.
0: We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about serving you our listener at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both. And we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners and take all the post-production off your plate. So you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam, to schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Well, oh, that's incredible. I think your story resonates with a lot of people, especially parents who are trying to find that time freedom for themselves, because even myself too, because I have two little ones right at this stage right now. And like, I understand like how important it is that you want to spend the time with your kids and everything like that. So you're, you're why you're trying to figure out like, how can I make the best use of my time so I can spend all that time with them because they're only so little for, so long and you don't want to miss any of those moments. And so mm-hmm. it's really great that you're able to use that and you know, really drive the reasonings why you've been able to like push yourself and like work those long nights, even after a long day at work, you know, in between lunch hours, in between car rides and everything like that, any little time that you have, you've been focusing on trying to build that for yourself and for your family.
1: Yeah. And you know, if you guys just tell yourself it's just gonna be one year really like that's going to be that kind of grind. Like if you're still juggling, if you're where you're juggling a full-time job and you want to do this as a side hustle that eventually turns into your full-time hustle, just tell yourself, this is going to be one year where I have to grind. And, you know, if you do have kids, you know, I I get this because I have students, I've got a coaching program and I've got like, we've got over 300 students in it. And I do hear like, they're like, well, you know, I'm really busy and I got two kids. So like, I don't have, like, I ask for three hours every day. I said, give me, can you give me three hours where you can focus on this business at least carve it that out. And they're like, oh, I don't really have it. Then I'm like, well, you're not going to be in this business then. Sorry. Like it does take work. It's not going to be an hour a day. It does take work. You have, you can wake up at four 30 in the morning before your kid wakes up. That's what I did. You can use your lunch break and you can use nighttime when your kid goes to bed. And I know that sounds grueling and terrible, but anything that is desirable, anything that you want, like it's going to take work. Nothing is easy, you know, in life that is desirable. So you're, you're going to have to just suck it up and make it work and find that time.
0: And so one of the other things also is you live in a market where it didn't make sense for you personally to invest in the market in your backyard and in the in the neighborhoods and everything like that from where you're when you're living. Wanting to invest out of state, like, can you tell us a little bit about how you got over that fear of wanting to invest out of state instead where people always know invest in your backyard. I want to be able to see it, drive it and everything like that. What kind of got you past that and put your confidence in a different market where you weren't maybe as familiar with?
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of it was out of necessity. So, you know, it was easier to find deals in California post-recession, but at about 2015, 2016, it started looking like we are now in a seller's market. We are getting into a bubble territory and it is so hard to find deals. My marketing, you know, budget to find a deal was turning out to be like $10,000 to find one deal. And if you miss that one deal, like, you're now spending twenty thousand dollars <laughs> to get that deal, the next deal, you know. So out of necessity, I looked and I, I made a lot of connections with other investors, you know, in different states. And I was like, they don't have the inventory problem that I do. And the only other, you know, cor- the only other thing I could like really attribute it to was housing pricing. Like their the house prices, the average house prices in their area and their territory were really low, much lower than California at the time. I mean, like a fifth of what California with houses were going for in California. So I said, well, okay, so I think I need to go to an area where the house prices are just not as high. Now I'm a little bit more sophisticated and I understand how to pick territories. But at the time I just, that was my only, you know, logic. And that's all I knew. And I didn't know anyone going virtual. There was nobody, like it was hardly anyone was virtual at the time. There wasn't any education on it. But I did end up kind of grouping up with someone that was going virtual. And so I started meeting people that did it and they had to do it out of necessity too. So there's many different reasons why you might want to go virtual. The most common one is that just the investment doesn't make sense in your territory. Like for example, the rent to price ratio, like in your in California is probably like 0.2%, like nothing, like there's no, it's like negative. Whereas most, you kind of hear that 1% rule for rent to price ratio you want a a 1% or better. So that way you can actually like leverage capital and still buy a property and it still cash flows. You can't do that in California. Like it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense in a lot of areas, New York, Seattle, some parts of Florida now. I mean, you know, these expensive markets, it's just starting to not make sense. DC, you know, those are markets that are very similar to the market I was in. So but there's still a ton of areas in the United States where this makes sense. There's like 400 metros in the United States. Like there's there's tons of areas that you could still invest and make money. So, you know, when you're in that situation where your market is very high priced, like you're kind of forced, you know, or you're just not going to do this business. You can maybe be a realtor instead, like go just sell these expensive homes and make a ton of money that way. I don't know. But, you know, there's that. And then there's also like if you live in an area that's where real estate doesn't have much value. I had a buddy who lived in like the hills of West Virginia. Like he was like, I can't pay people to live here. (laughs) So he had to go virtual because, you know, real estate didn't have, you know, values were very, very uh, depressed in that area. So, you know, and then there's just the, you travel a lot maybe your husband or wife, you know, is in the military and has to move or has, you know, a job that moves them around um, or you're a vagabond and you just want to be able to travel the world. I mean, you really can invest anywhere you want. You you don't have to, um, you know, just stay in your backyard. There's no reason I've done everything. I flipped, I've built new homes. I've landlorded, I wholesaled virtually. You can do anything. You don't have to be confined to your backyard the main reason people don't go virtual is they just don't believe in it. They have that limiting belief. like, Oh, that can't possibly be work or that can't possibly work because I mean, how, how, how is that possible? But it absolutely
0: is possible. And so how do you think that real estate has impacted your life so far?
1: I mean, you know, the fact that I don't have to clock in and clock out my time's not owned by anyone. I'm not owned. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm in jail anymore. You know, I used to feel like when I worked for corporate, you know, corporate America, I felt like I was in jail. I had to report to somewhere at eight o'clock. I had had a boss that was a total jerk. I couldn't leave till five. I had to sit in traffic. I could only get a raise if like the company was doing well, plus a combination of company politics and just being lucky. Like there was no control at all. Being able to go into real estate is... It's a career that anybody can get into. You don't have to have any type of background per se. And it's enabled me to just take control over my life. So, I mean, I'm very, very grateful that I took that leap.
0: Yeah. Well, really appreciate you sharing all of that, Lauren. And I mean, what you've been able to accomplish, especially with the two little ones. And like you said, you know, putting in the grit and then the perseverance and just making the and carving that time out for yourself. Like you're able to look at your calendar schedule. If you're wanting to put in the time and the effort into creating something for yourself, creating for your future, it's going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of hard work, but it depends on if you're going to want to put the effort in or not.
1: Yeah, definitely. And now, I mean, I can pick up my kids from school. I had to grind it out for a year to then have ultimate freedom. Like I can, you know, take a doctor's appointment in the middle of the day. I can pick up my kids from school. I can go and volunteer at their classroom for the Valentine's Day party. So I can do these things. Um, so, you know, for anybody who is struggling uh, with making that leap, I, again, my best advice, and I, I, to end this, I would give you my best advice is, is to consume, I mean, fill your media, fill all your content with your goal. Like, so that you're looking at it every day. And you're listening to podcasts like this, and you're like, "Gosh, that idiot can do it so." Can I. I would <laughs> love for you to think that. Listen to this and go. God, that girl, she, what is she now she's not that smart. I'm not really. I'm not. So you listen to stuff like this, and you go, "If this person can do it, so can I." And the more that you listen to that, and you give yourself that message, you are you're going to do it. You're gonna. You are going to hit your goal for sure if you just keep pushing through it.
0: So, Lauren, if our listeners wanted to find out more about you, where is the best place that they can go to find out more?
1: Well, you can find me in a lot of places. So I would say the best place to start is going to Instagram and finding this mom flips. That's my handle. Um, but I do have a really awesome YouTube channel. We're dropping one video every day, pretty much every week. I would say at least five videos a week. And that's Lauren Hardy
0: on YouTube. So check that out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Lauren, for being on today. Of course. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today brought to you by Bonavest Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook. How did they do it real estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.